welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Today I'm talking about commitment and snacksidents. <laughs> Twofold topic. So basically, um, the reason I'm talking about this is I spend most of my working hours um, talking with clients, running group programs, um, writing content for my website, my training programs, interacting with people in my Facebook group, um, personal training clients. So I'm talking about nutrition and food rules and people's diet and their progress and how you doing. I'm doing this all the time. Uh, I'm really passionate about it. And one of the things that makes me really good as a coach is I point out the BS that your lizard brain brings up. So you are amazing. You are smart and you're awesome, but you get hijacked by the lizard brain. And when I hear the lizard brain talking through your lips, I try to call it out because you're smart your lizard brain is a smarmy, dirty lawyer that sometimes convinces you of its brilliance. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. So the most common way I hear this is, oh, you know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't say no. I, you know, the French fries smelled so good and I was hungry and I was like, whatever. It was just a few. So it was no big deal. I'm like, really? Your lizard brain completely hijacked your plan not to have fried foods or not to have fast food and you're giggling about it. It's not funny. Let's think about this. Let's imagine that your husband came home from work and was like, I know that I said I wouldn't cheat on you, but like this girl, she was so pretty and she had like the most amazing butt. And I was looking at it, it was right there. And I was like, oh, I could just, you know, I could just smack her butt just a little bit and like maybe make out, it was fine. It's fine, I didn't actually cheat on you. It's totally fine. I'll just be extra nice to you today and it'll be fine. Would you laugh? <laughs> that's funny. Oh, it's, it's, it's okay. I'm glad you tried not to cheat on me. It's okay. No. I would really hope that wasn't your response. I would hope you'd be like, excuse me, what? Excuse me, what did you say? You would be super, I would hope, that you'd be super incensed at how lightly your husband took the commitment to be faithful to you. And yet we make these commitments to a food plan or a diet or a rule and then when we blow through it, we're like, ah, it's funny. It's not funny. And I'm sorry if I sound like a jerk, but we end up doing this over and over and over again. And then who's the one who suffers? The person who's laughing is the one who's like, I'm a failure. I hate this. I can't do anything right. I'm stuck. My body won't lose weight. I can't lose weight over 50. My hormones are jacked up. I can't lose weight. I'm a failure. Everybody in my family is fat, so there's no way that I can lose 10 pounds. And it's a whole bunch of garbage because we're not willing to look at all of these moments when we set aside our commitments and our plan and we give in to the lizard brain. The lizard brain, that little part of our brain that just simply wants comfort, wins. And then we giggle. No more giggling. So I had a client this week who called her um, her slip on her diet a snacksident. And while that is a very cute word, I was like, mm, I don't like that. Because it just makes something silly and light out of a big deal. Now, I was very proud of her because what happened is she made some popcorn and she started eating it 
And then she realized, wait a minute, what am I doing? I wasn't going to have this kind of a snack. Now, there's nothing evil with popcorn, but in her plan, it wasn't part of her plan. In that moment, in that setting, it went against her food plan. Not because popcorn is evil, but because her commitment was not to eat this, not to snack on this. So she actually got rid of it and got it out of the way and recovered her day, put it in her food log, counted it, and moved on. But she didn't just put the popcorn in the cupboard and was like, ah, that's no ideal. She actually gave the popcorn away. So I liken that to being on a path and tripping on a stone. And instead of throwing herself into the ditch and rolling around and letting all the stones bruise her, which would have been eating all the popcorn, she picked up the stone and threw it off the path so it won't trip her up again. There's no more popcorn in her house. So while she had that that moment where she listened to the lizard brain so quickly and easily, she didn't even notice it. But when she did notice it, she took it seriously and she made sure it couldn't happen again. That stone can no longer trip her. So I'm super proud of that. That is a skill that's tough because in the moment when we've given in, we feel so bad, we want to just keep doing it and figure it out tomorrow. It's, but it's like chipping a tooth and then chipping all of them if you just keep doing it. Or, you know, oh, I have a flat tire. Let's just pop all four of them. Let's make as big of a disaster as we can and deal with the consequences tomorrow. That's what our lizard brain typically gets us to do. So while I'm very proud of stopping this incident, she did the right thing, we need to come back to the actual incident and look at it as seriously as it is. There was something in the way, and instead of being mindful and having something in place to avoid that, she tripped on it. Now it's gone, but we want to be serious and say, okay, when I have a tripping point, how serious am I going to take it? So we have opportunity here to say a snack accident, a cheat, a slip. It's not cute or funny. It's serious. Would it be cute or funny? Like, let's say that you, you got a job and you committed to work nine to five. Pretty sure if you showed up at 9.30, your boss wouldn't be like, oh, it's okay, that's so cute. Oh, it's funny, you'll be on time tomorrow, no big deal. If you kept doing that, they'd probably be like, you're, you're fired. You don't even like honor your commitments. So that is how serious we must take these things. So you're like, all right, you're beating the dead horse. A snack accident, a cheat, a slip. It's not okay, it's not funny. But what happens when I'm hungry and I'm tempted, when I see a pebble in the ground and I really want the popcorn because I'm hungry, I've worked all day, I can smell dinner cooking or I have an hour till I get home until I can eat, what do I do? Well, we can put some strategies. There's a, a rock in the path in this part of the path every day. Every day you're hungry at this time. Every day you want to slip up or cheat or fall off the wagon. What can we do? So I always offer, my friend Brandy, she said it and I love her verbiage, honor your hunger with a meal. If you're always hungry at four, but you don't eat dinner until six, is there any reason why you can't have a small meal at four o'clock? Well, yeah, I don't want to ruin my dinner. Well, can you have a smaller dinner some of the time and have a small meal at four o'clock? Or can you just eat at four o'clock? I've done this certain parts of my life where I have eaten a meal earlier And then later when my family was eating, I just had, you know, a salad or a vegetable and and joined them for the meal. But it was more important to me to stay on a schedule for my body during that period of time. So there's no rules here. This is about you and your body. So consider that. Is that an option? A lot of people eat at noon 
and then they drive home at four o'clock and they don't eat until six. Well, that's a long time without eating. First of all, can you endure a little hunger? Comfort is not required. It's a nice to have. So can you endure? If you can, if you can imagine that that little snack that you go for is not actually saving your life and you can do without of it, without it, consider that. Can you just maybe drink a big jug of water on your way home from work? Can you maybe um, have some gum? Maybe that's the time you have a cup of decaf. Something to occupy your brain, maybe put something in your stomach that's not food to just get through. Otherwise, some people, it's your blood sugar really does decline and you feel that hormonal hunger and almost like a desperate desire to eat. That's the case where I would say earlier in your afternoon, perhaps schedule a mid-afternoon protein snack. So something that is actually going to give your body nutrients, help stabilize your blood sugar, keep you full so that you aren't hungry and experiencing that dip in the afternoon. Also, how big is your lunch? Maybe you need a much bigger lunch so that you are full all afternoon. Consider having a higher fat content in your lunch as well because fat has double the calories of protein and carbs and will keep you fuller longer. So those are some strategies to avoid that snack accident, that slip, especially if it's in the afternoon, that it's a problem. But ask yourself, can I sit down and just eat a real meal? Is that 50 or 100 calorie snack pack that I feel like will really solve the problem, is it gonna save my life? Or is it just going to kind of cure that feeling of rebellion of, I don't wanna wait? Are you really saving your life? I heard um, somebody say, you know, people think that on the airplane, on that three hour flight, that little bag of peanuts is like saving lives. They could actually not feed you that whole flight and no one would be sick or dead. It's just, there's no need to actually eat on an airplane for three hours. There's really no need. There, there like literally is no need. Even newborns can go three hours without eating. <laughs> so ask yourself, am I saving my life right now? Um, or you're just trying to be comfortable. Comfort is not required. So come up with a strategy, but pay attention. Where is that stumble? Some people, it's, it's different. It's mid-morning. It's like, all right, I had breakfast, I got to work, lunch is so far away. Then in that case, same thing. Maybe you need to make your lunchtime earlier maybe a bigger breakfast. I really discourage mindless snacking on empty foods. If you can eat full meals every time you eat, it's going to regulate your hormones, it's gonna regulate your hunger, it's gonna make you feel more in control, and you're not gonna waste calories on filler, junky food like popcorn, chips, candy bars. Even protein bars, if used too much, can be a crutch to keep you from eating real food. Now, here's one that comes up a lot. People have kids and they're picking up fast food or drive through food on their way to sports or classes or between school and work. And it's like, all right, it's so hard. I'm picking them up food. I want something. I can smell it. They're eating in front of me. It's just really hard. So you might think, all right, I'm going to just white knuckle it. I can do this. So you know, every Tuesday, Thursday, you're in your car full of food, hearing people eat, touching it, handing it to them, and you're just white knuckling it. While you can do that, it's totally possible. Think about a way that maybe this wouldn't have to be so hard. Can you always have a snack with you that you eat? Perhaps you bring some kind of hard boiled eggs and beef jerky, or if you're like, oh, thanks, Kristen. Yeah, that'll solve it. I want some chicken jerky and a hard boiled egg while my kids are eating chicken nuggets and fries. So glad I listened to you. Huh. 
Now, I understand that probably sounds disgusting, but what I would encourage you to do, look at the menu at the places that you're going. I had this epiphany. I used to stop and get my son Chick-fil-A. He loved Chick-fil-A and I would always want waffle fries because I love them and I was typically hungry too. But then I found out I could have a big order of grilled chicken nuggets for way less calories and they filled me up and I loved them. And they were always within my goals because they are protein, they're not breaded, they're still not ideal, but they're certainly not terrible and better than waffle fries. So I had a rule, it was just a simple rule that whenever I went to a drive-thru with my son to Chick-fil-A, I always could, if I wanted to, have a big order of 12 grilled chicken nuggets. It filled me up, I felt like I was doing something decadent. And then my other rule was, I always got three of his waffle fries. And I found out that that was always enough for me. This is another thing to pay attention to when you find yourself unable to like, oh, I can't white knuckle this. I want fries so bad, I want fries so bad. I had five or six fries or I had a handful of their fries. Okay, now if that doesn't fit your goals, it's not cool. We talked about that. Snacksidents, cheats, all that, it's not funny. But also, can this be a learning experience? When you eat fries, is five enough? Think about that. You you didn't eat the whole package of fries because you were probably feeling guilty, or maybe you did, but maybe that's always enough for you. When you have fries, or I use fries because it's a common thing. If you have french fries, do you ever need to eat a whole order to feel like you had fries? Is that something you can look at and say, you know what, I think a good rule for me is that I can have fries whenever I want, but I always have six fries or 10 fries. That way, when your kids have fries, you can say, hey, I'm going to have my five fries. And you can, without guilt, have your five French fries. So it's not a decadent thing of like, I got to find a day when it fits my macros or where I'm able to have fries or I have to whatever. You can say, you know what? I can always have five fries and that's my fries. Yes, I'm going to log it as part of my macros if I'm tracking and I'm on a weight loss plan. But for me, waffle fries, a couple of big waffle fries, I'm good. I enjoy it and I know I can have it. I don't need to eat a whole order of them. Maybe that's how you are with sweets. Maybe you don't need a big piece of cake. Maybe you're just knowing like, hey, when there's cake around, I can have a couple bites of cake and enjoy it. The end, walk away. It's not something I can't have, but I don't need to eat a whole piece every time. I can always taste. I can always taste sweets um, or french fries. Now, you have to decide what rule works for you, but consider, is that something that might make the allure of those forbidden things completely gone so that you're like, yeah, if I want it, I can have it, but this is always my limit. So these snacksidents and cheats and slips are a great learning tool to say, what is it I really wanted? And what I did sneak off with, was that enough? Because then I could actually say, hey, this is something I don't have to feel bad about. This is how I eat fries. I eat five fries when my kids get fries or you know, whenever I'm out to dinner with somebody who, or this is my rule, <laughs> one of my rules, it's not like a written down official rule, but this is how I operate. When I'm out to eat with people with fries, I never order fries. I just don't. Um, I do like them, but they're not my kryptonite. I, I usually ask, can I have like one fry? No one has ever told me I can't have a fry. Most people are like, please, I'm not going to eat all of these. So I'll have a fry or two and I get my French fries. I don't have to pay for them. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but it's enough for me so that I have some French fries in my life. I like them, but nobody that I know ever, ever tells me no. In fact, I bet if you went to a table that was full of people you didn't even know and said, can I have one fry? I bet even strangers would give you one fry. Don't do that, it's not your food. But 
These are just some ideas to manage these situations. You're gonna not get between now and the end of your life and not want fries or treats or to eat in the car when someone else is. So can you work with that so that it's not a cheat? So it's just how you live your life. That's just your relationship to french fries. That's my relationship to french fries. I don't think about it. I don't I don't ruminate over it. I don't sit here and cry that I can't have them. I can have them. If they're around, I have a few fries. So think about those things and how you can implement them, especially if you have kids. One other thing I'll say about kids, and this is way easy for me to say, I realize this, and so you can totally tell me to go and kick rocks. My son is 24. When I was raising him, I was not uh, in the mindset of being healthy uh, most of the time, and I was a terrible, terrible mother when it came to nutrition. So this is all me in hindsight wishing I'd done it this way. You don't have to feed your kids garbage because they're kids. A Happy Meal is marketed to kids, but it doesn't mean that a kid should eat it. Um, the food that you're giving your kids, if you if it doesn't fit your goals, why does it fit theirs? They're actually young, clean, pure systems growing that need nutrients, protein, and a lot of really good things. And so think about why you would potentially give them garbage that you won't put into your own body. We buy cereals, snack bars, um, Special K bars, uh, Nutrigrain bars, Cliff bars, donuts, Happy Meals, fries, pizza, personal size pizzas, fruit by the foot, juice boxes, all these products, they're absolute trash. And we're putting them into the fresh little bodies of our kids. Now I understand time, busyness, convenience, right? So this is a situation, again, I know you're like, thanks, I have so many things I gotta do right, now you're making me feel bad. I don't want you to feel bad. What I want you to do is picture a spectrum. Your What you're doing now is on the left side. Ideal is on the right side. All you want to do is move a little bit closer to ideal. So think about the most egregious thing that you do with giving your kids food. The worst thing you give them. The worst thing, the worst thing, the worst thing. Um, I would say probably the worst thing you could do is start your kids off, their day off, with a bowl of sugary cereal. So I think that's the worst thing because you're spiking their blood sugar in the morning with a bunch of garbage fake food. Um, fake food, highly processed, full of high fructose corn syrup, and the insulin response at the beginning of the day. Kids should have protein to start their day. So maybe you give them a bowl of cereal and a glass of orange juice, sugar and sugar. All that I would ask you to do is maybe half the size of the cereal at first, and then a hard-boiled egg, or a piece of bacon, or some sausage, or a piece of ham, or even a string cheese, something that is protein or fat. Pull that orange juice out of their life, replace it with water, replace it with some milk. Milk, I'm still not a big fan of, but it's better than juice. Pull a little sugar out of their breakfast. Start there. If you're taking them through a drive-through, bring down the size of the sides and increase the size of the protein. Instead of four piece chicken nuggets and fries, how about just six chicken nuggets? You're getting more protein. Now it's not obviously ideal food either, but to pull some empty carbs out and increase protein slowly but surely, especially since you're the parent and you've built these habits, you don't want your children screaming at you. But you can slowly, slowly over time, make some movement. I wouldn't make a big deal out of it. You don't wanna fixate your kids on all this stuff and give them a complex, but you can start to do that slowly. 
um, slowly but surely. And I, again, say, I'm not an expert and I was a terrible nutrition mother, like the worst. My kid was drinking pop. We were eating roller dogs from the gas station because I was a poor single mom. I didn't care. And I was just like, whatevs. Um, if I could go back and do it over again, I would do I would do everything different when it comes to nutrition in my son. But now I know better and you can benefit from my idiocy. And I'll tell you now, please do better. But don't go balls to the walls. Don't all of a sudden so uh, children on the way to dance class, we are going to have spinach leaves and a little quinoa and some steamed broccoli in this little Tupperware that I have made from bamboo. And, you know, we're going to keep the environment clean. So I brought, you know, bone china for you to eat with. And then we're going to stop and wash our faces in a sink because we don't want to pollute the environment with a napkin. You know, don't do that. Don't actually don't ever do that no matter what. People will stop liking you. But you can just make that little shift. Also, just start taking a look at nutritional information because there's so much lies So many lies out there about what's healthy in fast food and convenience foods. And when you start looking at the numbers um, on the nutrition on things, you might be really, really surprised to see like, for instance, a burger at McDonald's a lot of times has better specs than chicken nuggets. Um, They're also, their ice cream cones are way less um, caloric than uh, a lot of other things on the menu. So if you really, really just want something in a drive-thru, sometimes having the sweet thing uh, is better when it comes to calories. So depending on what your goals are, educate yourself on what's in the stuff, what's actually in the stuff. You get a salad at some of these places. Wendy's has some salads that have more calories than their large burgers because they're covered in, you know, orange pieces and candied walnuts and blue cheese and really highly caloric little nuggets of things that add up. You may as well have a burger for Pete's sake and like your life. So So those are some strategies. Also, it's really helpful to have some crunchy snacks with you all the time. Carrot sticks, celery sticks, maybe some apple slices. So that if you find yourself really like, you know what, I don't care what Kristen says. I'm stressed out and I'm busy and I'm not going to get home for a real long time. And I'd love to honor my hunger with a meal, but I don't have a rotisserie chicken. Okay, you could have some of those things on hand. And then you're still saving yourself from fast food, binges, fries, burgers, pizza, candy bars, um, ice cream, all that stuff. So always think of, I can't do ideal, so what's better than at least the worst option? Um, As far as cheats and slips and snacksidents, what we call them, I also suggest that you come up with some mantras about this to say things like, I don't have snacksidents, I eat intentionally, or I eat intentionally, or My biggest responsibility is to feed my body. My body is a machine. You would not pull up to the gas station and put Mountain Dew in the gas tank of your car. Why? Because you don't put garbage in your gas tank. You put fuel in your gas tank. So remind yourself of some of these things and come up with some really brief mantras like, I fuel my body. I honor my body. I feed my body. My body is hungry. I will fill it. Or I can endure hunger for one hour. Or... Nelson Mandela was in prison for decades and he forgave everyone and he didn't get to eat french fries and he's an amazing person. I can make it 35 minutes till I get home and not eat the french fries. Now that might be extreme, but sometimes it helps to really zoom out and look at how ridiculous our lizard brain gets trying to convince us we must, we just must absolutely break our commitment or else we will surely die. 
and it feels that way in the moment. But if we can pull out for just a minute and look at the big picture, it really, really helps with those snacksidents, those cheats and those slips. Built bars. You guys, I've been talking about them for a long time, but I really need you to understand that they're really delicious and they just started making in the last year puffs, which are basically marshmallow covered in chocolate full of protein. They now have a puffs mixed box. So these are soft, yummy. They're about 140 calories, 150 calories, depending on the flavor, 17 grams of protein on average. Some of them do have sugar. So seven grams of sugar up to nine grams of sugar. So they're not just sugar free, but If you don't want to have a whole protein bar, which typically those are over 200 calories for 20 grams of protein, and they're full of a lot of like flavors that people don't like, this is the solution. They're small. So it's more of a snack size, still adding protein. I like to eat them when I'm eating them for a dessert. So instead of a candy bar or ice cream, you're having something that tastes just like a candy bar. I'm not kidding. People say a a protein bar tastes like a candy bar and it's like, no, this is garbage. This sucks all the moisture out of my face. This doesn't taste like a candy bar. On what planet does this taste like candy? Built bars are different. I defy you to find a better tasting protein bar and these puffs are amazing. Every time they come out with a new flavor of puff, they sell out. Brownie batter, birthday cake, banana cream pie, churro, coconut marshmallow, they're amazing. The actual built bars, the protein bars themselves are also delicious. They're super filling, 130 calories for the cookies and cream flavor. And it's got 17 grams of protein and it's covered in real chocolate. If you like chocolate and fruit, they have a cherry barcia flavor. That's amazing. It tastes like a chocolate covered cherry. And you can also do a build your own box. So you can get a few flavors. They have a mixed box where you get all the flavors as well as some puffs You have to try them. Some of them even have nuts in them. So there's a coconut almond that's really popular. Try them. You will love them. Use my code DESTINATIONBEGIN. You get a discount. Use it every time. New customers get a 15% off discount plus my discount stacks. So go to built.com, find your favorite flavor, get a whole bunch, use my code, and love your protein. If you had a giant bucket full of cow manure and you needed to dump that bucket down into a giant vat of cow manure you're just emptying a bucket from one into the other pouring it out and if you were doing that and a little bit of it splattered on your hand would you lick it and eat it i would hope that all of you would say no so i want you to remember that analogy because In the book, Never Been Again, which is written by Dr. Glenn Livingston, which is my Bible for coaching binge eating recovering and my Bible for my binge eating recovery, it talks about our lizard brain and our truest self. Our lizard brain is that survival drive that just wants us to eat things that we're supposed to avoid and basically it's it's wanting us to binge, it's wanting us to have pleasure, it's wanting us to just take, 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 eat, eat, eat. It's never concerned about consequences. It's just always there pinging for survival. And then there's us, our truest self, the person that has rules, that has boundaries, that wants to choose foods that serve, that wants to choose healthy habits. And so Dr. Glenn teaches to name that lizard brain something terrible, because the more we can disassociate from that, the more we can honor us 
And we can hate that voice that's just trying to get us to binge or eat things we aren't supposed to eat. So in the book, he names the lizard brain the pig, that we all have a pig inside of us, the fat-loving, slobby pig that just wants to binge eat, that just wants to eat pig slop. What is pig slop? Well, pig slop is anything that occurs to you to eat that is not something that is on your plan. So if your plan is to eat healthy fruits, vegetables, meats, cheeses, real food, and you don't eat junk food out of a bag or a box, well, a a Dorito would be pig slop. A box of Oreos would be pig slop. Anything that's outside of what you, the truest self, decided is your food plan is pig slop. So it helps to be able to say, oh man, look at those Doritos. It's like, that's pig slop. And I don't eat pig slop because I'm not a pig. I do have a pig inside of me that wants it, but that's not me. So it really, really, really helps. But what happens is as we implement a food plan, often we start slipping because we start tasting things or having one Dorito or we lick the spoon or we have one bite. And then all of a sudden our commitment becomes more and more fuzzy and now we're just back to our old habits before we know it. It's a slippery slope. And so it's important to say, what is pig slop? Pig slop is even one lick, bite, or taste of a food that is not on your food plan. Anything that's not on your food plan is always the idea of the pig. So that analogy, if you've got a bucket of cow manure and you're dumping it out and one drop gets on your hand, do you lick it off? When you're making a cake for somebody and a little bit of cake batter gets on your hand, but you don't eat sugar, you don't lick it off. It's pig slop. That is how hard the boundary needs to be. That is how firm we need to be, period. And people might say that's so restrictive and that's that's such disordered eating. It is absolutely not disordered eating. It is ordered eating. It is saying, what do I want my relationship with food to be? How often do I eat things like that? How often do I not? And being true to our word. Now, you can always have a word and a rule that says, I get to eat one bite of anything I want. Well, in that case, lick the cow manure because that isn't cow manure. If you're dumping that out and one drop gets on your arm and it's not cow manure, it magically turns into chocolate cake, then you get to lick it because your rule is I get to have one taste of anything I want. But if your rule is I don't eat it, except on Saturdays, and it's a Tuesday, that splutter on your arm is pig slop. It is not for you. I really encourage you to make your rules that tight and start living that tightly. Don't lick the spoon. Don't lick your fingers. Not one single drop of pig slop enters your mouth because you're not a pig and you don't eat pig slop. Try it out. It's a really, really great tool. It's really, really strong in your mind. It's powerful. I use the word powerful a lot because there are things that are powerful. So give it a try. You don't eat pig slop. Even one bite liquor taste outside of your food plan is pig slop. You're not a pig. You don't eat pig slop. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email. Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.